0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of Pucks and Cups, where I look at hockey history from the 1800s until about the 1970s. If you enjoy the podcast, you can support it for $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. Every dollar you give helps keep the podcast going. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts out there. From John to Justin, and Canadian History X, available on all podcast platforms. The 1970s were a chaotic time for the NHL and professional hockey in general. With the WHA bringing in franchises throughout the United States and Canada, the NHL raced to catch up. Since 1967, the NHL continued to add franchises, and some franchises did better than others. For every New York Islanders and Philadelphia Flyers, there were several franchises that only lasted a few years before fading away. Today, I am looking at one of those franchises, the Kansas City Scouts. In 1974, the NHL had gone through seven years of rapid expansion, and two new teams would be added to the league in Washington and Kansas City. While Washington would have a terrible start, The team would eventually grow a base and finally win the Stanley Cup in 2018. The Kansas City Scouts would go on to win three Stanley Cups in 1995, 2000, and 2003. Of course, by that point, they were no longer the Scouts nor in Kansas City, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Kansas City was officially awarded a franchise on June 8, 1972, and Kemper Arena, a 17,000 seat arena, was built to be the home of the team as well as the Kansas City Kings basketball franchise. With the two new franchises in the league, two new divisions were added, with the scouts playing in the Smythe division of the Campbell Conference. The team was originally going to be called the Kansas City Mohawks, on the request of team owner Edwin G. Thompson. Oddly, the name was not chosen because of the Mohawk people, but because Kansas City is partly in Missouri, and partly in Kansas. The name took Missouri's abbreviation of M.O. and combined that with the Kansas nickname of Jayhawkers. The name was scrapped when the Chicago Blackhawks objected because the name was too similar to their own. A contest was then held and Scouts was chosen in honor of The Scout, a statue that is in the Penn Valley Park that overlooks downtown. The statue itself would also feature in the team's logo. For the new general manager, the team hired Sid Abel, a Hall of Fame player who is one of the greatest players in NHL history and had won three Stanley Cups with Detroit in 1943, 1950, and 1952. With the team named Set and Arena Ready, work began with adding new players to the team. The first task was choosing their first ever draft pick at the 1974 entry draft. With the second overall pick, they would be able to choose their new franchise player. With the pick, they chose Wilf Payment, who was a good player in his own right. Unfortunately, they did not pick up Clark Gillies, Brian Trotje, or Mark Howe, all of whom went on to have Hall of Fame careers. Gillies and Trotje would be chosen by the New York Islanders and would go on to win four Stanley Cups with the team in just a few years' time. That's not to say that Payment was a bad choice. He would play his first two seasons with the Scouts, and over his 946 games, he would record 814 points and was an NHL All-Star in 1976, 1977, and 1978. In the second round, the team took Glenn Burden, who played 11 games for the team. Two picks later, the Islanders drafted Brian Troche. The team recovered by choosing Bob Bourne. A player who would have 582 points in 964 games. Unfortunately, they traded him to the New York Islanders before the season started, and he would go on to win four Stanley Cups and the Bill Masterson Trophy. With the remaining picks in the 1974 entry draft, the players they chose combined to play less than 100 games in the NHL. Next up for the team was the expansion draft. Due to the rapid expansion between 1967 and 1972, 10 new teams had joined the league. Add into that the WHA and its taking of NHL talent, and the 1974 expansion draft was incredibly weak. Unlike today, where expansion teams generally have a good chance of drafting good players, the system was rigged against expansion teams in the 1970s. In the 1974 expansion draft, the scouts picked up their first captain, Simon Nolay, 5th overall. Nolay had won a Stanley Cup with the Philadelphia Flyers when he was claimed. During his two seasons with the Scouts, he would have 58 points in 72 games and 25 points in 41 games. Very respectable totals for anyone on a team that proved to be as terrible as the Kansas City Scouts. The first pick of the 1974 expansion draft also belonged to the Scouts, and before they chose Nollet, they would choose goalie Michel Plasse from the Montreal Canadiens. He had won the Stanley Cup with the Canadians in 1973, and in his one season with the Scouts, he would have 4 wins and 16 losses. Most of the players chosen by the Scouts were cast-offs from the other clubs, and while they all had merit and decent careers, none were stars. Needless to say, there were no Hall of Famers in the bunch. Of the 24 players chosen, 19 would play for the Scouts at some point during the first season. On October 9, 1974, the Scouts took to the ice for the first time, playing the Maple Leafs and Maple Leaf Gardens and losing 6-2. They would play their first eight games on the road while the American Rural Rodeo used the arena, and they lost seven times. Finally, on November 2, 1974, the team debuted at home, losing 4-3 to the Hawks. That game was attended by 14,748 people, numbers the team would never reach again.
1: McGulvary passes out and then gets it back to Giroux. Giroux kicking that puck as he backhands it into hot zone. Yes, Nelson Dito whacks at it and gets it out to Mulvey. Mulvey goes crashing in to Dallas, the and there's a score by Will Paymont and Kansas City has got a goal as Will Paymont gets the first goal ever for the home team in this arena. Howis and Coral shadowing one another. Cliff gets out of there. They've got a three on two if they can get through with it. Coral loses a stick, gets it back up and feeds it. It is into the net. It goes in off the goaltender and the brand new popper, Cliff Coral, has put the Hawks on top three to two. It looked like he was just going to try to feed it to the goal mouth to see if one of the other forwards up there could tip it in. Simon Nolay, the team captain, crosses center ice, flips it on the left wing to burn. Shot. Estesito backs it to the ice, and Bill White picks it up. He finds Gagnon, free on the left wing, with the puck skipped over his stick. Gagnon takes it back. Nikita's up ahead. He gets it to him. Nikita in the attack zone. Gagnon joining him. So Coral. Nikita shoots. Stop. Coral scores! Coral's second of the night. Way to go, Papa!
0: On November 3rd, the team recorded its first win, 5-4 over the Capitals. Joe Lynch was one of the attendees of the first home game, and he would go on to write a book called Icing on the Plains, the rough ride of the Kansas City NHL Scouts. He would say in an interview, quote, We were kids then, and it was our first exposure to hockey. We were hooked. On December 15, 1974, the Scouts would actually pull off one of the few good trades when they picked up Guy Charon and Claude Hude from the Red Wings in exchange for Bart Crashley, Larry Giroux, and Ted Snell. Charon would go on to become a great playmaker with the team, and during the remainder of his career, he would top 70 points four seasons in a row. While Hude would be out of the league by 1976, the three players sent to the Red Wings would have careers mostly in the minors before they were all out of the league by the early 1980s. Snell would never play an NHL game after his time with the Scouts. On January 10th, 1975, the team was able to acquire goaltender Denis Heron, who had proved to be their most reliable netminder for the remainder of the franchise's history. Over the course of their entire first season, the team had 15 wins, 54 losses, and 11 ties, for a total of only 41 points. Of their 54 losses, 13 of them were shutouts, including a 10-0 loss of the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers, Flames, and Kings all shut out the scouts twice— Three of the wins the team had that season were against the Capitals, the only team worse than them. Not once in the season, or any other, did the team score more than six goals in a game, and the only time they did was against the Montreal Canadiens when they lost 7-6. Typically, most expansion teams have a terrible first year and climb up the standings. The Islanders were one of the worst teams in the league in 1972, and by 1980 they were Stanley Cup champions. That was not going to be the case for Kansas City, and their second year would be worse than their first, at least the last half of it. In the 1975 entry draft, Barry Dean was selected second overall by the Scouts, but he would not play a single game for the team. Instead, he would head over to the WHA to play for the Phoenix Roadrunners. In that first season with the WHA club, he produced 34 points, and over his career he would have 81 points in 165 games. While some NHL All-Stars would be chosen in that draft, it was not a deep draft and no Hall of Fame players were drafted. The lack of a deep draft was one reason why the team would struggle so badly in the coming season. Of the players that the team drafted, 9 in all, 4 would attend the 1975-76 training camp and 3 of them would suit up to play that season, amounting to 16 games overall. The start of the NHL season began well for the Scouts, earning three wins and a tie over their first six games. Despite the good start, the team was only bringing in about 6,000 fans, far below the other teams in the league. The team began the first half of the 1975-76 season fighting for a playoff position, and on December 28th, they won 3-1 over the California Golden Seals and were one point behind the St. Louis Blues for a playoff position. That would be the last bright moment for the franchise. From December 30th to February 4th, the team would lose 14 games, tie 2 games, and win 0. It was not until February 7th that the team won again, and then fell into a complete free fall, losing 21 games and getting 6 ties. Thanks to going 0-35-8 in the last part of the season, the team finished with a record of 12 wins, 56 losses, and 12 ties it would prove to be the worst record in the franchise's history all the way up to the new jersey devils of today the team finished second last in the league ahead of the capitals but this time the capitals were only four points behind during that season the team would go through three coaches with bep gudelin being fired 45 games into the season being replaced by Hall of Famer Sid Abel for three games, and then Eddie Bush came in to coach the team to a 1-23-8 record. Halfway through the season, the first captain of the team, Nolay, was traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins and was replaced by Guy Chiron for the remainder of the season. That February 7, 1976 win was the last time that the Kansas City Scouts would ever win a game. Those two seasons would prove to be the only two Kansas City would ever have, winning only 27 games out of 160 and having a 7-66-7 record away from home. Eventually, with the team performing so poorly, attendance began to tank. The team averaged only 8,218 people per game, despite having a 17,000-seat arena, which was much bigger than the league average. The Capitals were much worse than the Scouts, but their owner was patient and had a better financial backing that would allow the team to grow and eventually become a champion. As the new season was about to start, the team had only sold 2,000 season tickets, and its owner's group of 37 people were buried in debt. The decision was made to sell the Chiefs. A Denver-based group led by oil tycoon Jack Vickers bought the club on July 26, 1976, and moved the team to Colorado, where they played as the Colorado Rockies for six seasons before they relocated to become the New Jersey Devils in 1982. The Scouts' relocation was the first time since 1935 that the NHL had a team relocate. The California Golden Seals, another hapless team, would eventually move that year to Cleveland. Today, even though the New Jersey Devils are the NHL descendants of the Scouts, there is no mention of the team by the Devils. The media guide of the team does not acknowledge the captains, coaches, or general managers of the Scouts. The only sign of that pass is on a mural on the second floor of the Devils' home rink that shows the former arena of both the Scouts and the Rockies. Over the course of the team's two seasons, they never recorded a shutout. Among the 49 players to play a game for the Scouts, all but four were from Canada. The other four were from the United States. A total of 10 players played more than 100 games for the team, with Simone Nollet appearing in 113 and Gary Cattroux appearing in 156. The all-time leading scorer for the Scouts was Guy Chirot, who had 113 points in 129 games, followed by Simon Nollet with 83 points in 113 games and Wilf Paymont having 82 points in 135 games. Paymont was also the all-time penalty minutes leader with 222, followed by Steve Durbano at 209 minutes. Paul May is also the all-time goal-scoring leader for the team with 47 goals. Dennis Huron is the all-time win leader among the Scouts goalies with 15. He also leads the team all-time in losses with 52. As I said, no goalie in Scouts history registered a shutout, and only Bill Oleschuk, who played one game, has a save percentage over .9. Wilf Paymond was the last active player to play for the Scouts upon his retirement in 1988. Today, the Scouts are mostly forgotten, even by the New Jersey Devil fans, but there are still rumors of a team eventually coming back to the community. For example, when the Pittsburgh Penguins were in a management crisis, there were rumors the team would move to Kansas City. Will Kansas City ever get a team again? Time will tell. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at the Kansas City Scouts. If you like, you can email me at craig at You can visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to canadaehx.com. And again, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com canadaehx. Just like all of these wonderful patrons have. And I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Diane Wade. Lori Ann Kirby. Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri. Pamela Elder. Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., J.P. Baer, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. As well, you can find me on Facebook. Just search for Canadian History X. Remember, that's E-H-X. I'm on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And don't forget, you can find me on Instagram. Just search for Berdo 37 Information comes from The Hockey Writers, Wikipedia, QuaintHockey.com, Vintage Hockey Cards Report, Bleacher Report, and Litterbox Cats. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.